Hi everyone, thank you for joining me today on the Full Circle Podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm Jillian McMichael, your host, and my guest today is Megan Cooper. Megan is a holistic health coach, EFT practitioner, and space holder based in Brighton in the UK. Her brand, Higher Love, focuses around moving through the layers of our physical, mental, and emotional health to discover our own authentic truth and connect to our true nature, which is love. Megan resigned from her corporate career in 2015 to teach yoga and shortly after left her London life to move to Australia and then Bali. Upon being diagnosed in 2017 with a hormone imbalance, she set about on a journey to heal her body naturally via diet, lifestyle changes, and the success then led her to study holistic health and nutrition. She sees healing as something we can do ourselves. But the more important thing is to get to the root cause so we can guide ourselves back home to true alignment. She does the same while she's working with her EFT clients, Matrix reimprinting, so that she's able to support clients transform their subconscious, deal with their traumas, and heal from the past. She works in a psychosomatic way with the mind, body, and nervous system, training under trauma specialist Dr. Gaber Matty. And she hosts the Higher Love podcast with Megan. And I'm so delighted she is here today. So in this episode, we're going to be exploring Megan's journey about her own transformation, along with how she works with her clients, helping them release past traumas. And I can't wait to get into this conversation with Megan. So Megan, welcome to the Full Circle Podcast. So glad that you're here today. Yeah, I've been really looking forward to this. So thank you for yes. having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, we're here to talk about your journey yeah. and your experiences and what's led you to what you do today in terms of your career. And I know that's been an interesting journey to get you here. And I know our listeners are gonna listeners are gonna be really looking forward to hearing that. So why don't we start there and then we can talk a little bit more around what you do and how you help your clients and yeah. hopefully that'll bode well for a, a great conversation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So tell us just a little bit more around currently maybe what you do now and yeah, and then we can talk about what's led you. Yeah, absolutely. That. So um, my name's Megan Cooper. I'm a holistic health coach and an EFT practitioner. Mm -hmm. I'm based down in Brighton. Uh, my coaching brand is called Higher Love, Higher Love with Megan. And it's really whatever higher love means to you, to mm -hmm. my clients. I suppose to me at a very simple level, it's about moving through the physical layers, mental layers and emotional layers um, of our health and well-being in order to arrive at a place of authenticity, truth and love for ourselves, mm -hmm. for others and for the world. So that is what I do. Mm -hmm. And I started off in the corporate, in right. having a corporate career. Mm -hmm. And I left the corporate world in 2016 right. and I moved to Australia. I was teaching yoga at the time. And then I was diagnosed with PCOS, a hormone condition. Right. Uh, was offered no medical solution. So I decided to treat myself holistically, naturally, um, and had amazing success reversing mm -hmm. my condition. So that led me on to study holistic health and mm -hmm. nutrition mm -hmm. with the Institute of uh, Integrative Nutrition. Yep. And then I set up my coaching practice to support women in their well-being with similar issues and 
really using their issues as signposts yep. back into greater health um, and vitality and freedom with themselves. I then moved to Bali um, and then moved back <laughs> to, so being all over being all over the place, moved back to uh, Brighton just, just at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And since then, my work has really deepened, yeah. um, really deepened. I, you know, I, I trained in EFT, which I know that we'll, mm-hmm. we'll go Talk on to about, discuss, yeah. mm-hmm. um, working with subconscious beliefs, really Amazing. looking at the, the lens through which we see the world and mm-hmm. feel within the world and experience the world, looking at the nervous system. Um, so yeah, that is what I, that's what Amazing. I do. And I run retreats and work one-to-one and do groups. So right. yeah. I know Great. that we'll go into all of these things. I'm sure we will. So I'm going to ask you to take us back. Okay? Yeah. So take us back to um, that kind of corporate arena. What, yeah. What, what kind of led you to work in the corporate? Yeah. So I left university during recession. So there was a little bit of get a job, any job. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I studied art history. And um, I originally went and worked in a worked in a gallery, which was great. So I did that for about six months. Then I met somebody who worked in art insurance, and their job sounded, you know, it's pretty pretty uh, pretty good for kind of working in the art world and working in a a business orientated um, yeah. space within the art world. So I went into um, into insurance and I became an insurance broker. It's actually nice through the window I could see the see the city <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it feels like, yeah, it's it's a big, big transition since those days. Yeah. But yeah, I started working in the city and I was there for about five years in total. And I started off working in property insurance uh, and then worked my way to working in fine art insurance, which was really for me about as good as it could be get you know in the in the corporate world and working in insurance and i was doing incredible things you know i ended up working for a private bank in mayfair doing uh, in-house insurance for all of their ultra high net worth Mm -hmm. clients you know looking Mm -hmm. at incredible art collections you know very um ultra high net worth properties and jets and you know private yachts with art Mm -hmm. collections on Mm -hmm. the yachts and you know all of these kind of yeah whole different world Mm -hmm. a whole different world and having lunch with you know fine art loss adjusters Mm -hmm. and you know looking at art crime and going to incredible exhibitions seeing all the private collections uh at the auction houses and going to art fairs and it was really an amazing you know an 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 amazing (laughs) job so um, what happened then because it did sound does sound like an amazing job yeah for me there was just this sense that something was missing. And, you know, I had the job, I had the boyfriend, I had, you know, great friends and a great lifestyle Mm -hmm. in London. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a part of me, you know, I was in my twenties, kind of absolute heyday, you know, getting Mm -hmm. paid well, you know, all of, all of the, all of the great things. And then I just felt somewhere on some kind of soul level, I guess, that something was missing. And, in the beginning, I kind of internalized that to be, well, there must be something wrong with me because right. everybody else seems to be happy. So it must just be me that's yeah. missing something. Um, but over time, it just came to be that I, I just felt like I was living in somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to step out of that. Yeah. Which was a, you know, it's a challenging, it's a challenging thing to do because, you know, you're told from quite an early age. And I mean, my parents never pushed me in any particular direction. They were fairly open with kind of what I wanted to go off and do and where I wanted to be. But 
we're kind of, you know, pushed as a society that, you know, this is a certain way that we do Absolutely. things. And all of my friends around me at the time, and, you know, I went to I went to Cambridge and all of my friends were, you know, really excelling in their careers, working in finance, law, doctors, you know, all of the kind of more, you know, corporate, corporate industries. Yeah. And when I was suggesting that perhaps I wasn't that happy, it was a bit of a, who do you need to speak to? Like, yes. are you having some kind of a crisis, some yes. kind of a meltdown? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot to to move through. I think this sense of giving myself or trying to find permission and a yes. way forward into something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I was thinking about it this morning on the way up because, you know, I could see the city on the train and, you know, I was thinking about the steps that really led me to making mm-hmm. those decisions. And I remember sitting at work and, yeah, oh God, you know, I was I was at work watching YouTube videos and stuff, motivational speeches mm-hmm. at work, trying to make myself enjoy the job more, yeah. enjoy the lifestyle I was living in, make myself happier. And I remember watching this YouTube, which was, if you're not pursuing your goals, you're committing spiritual suicide. And once I heard that sentence, I was like, oh God, that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it really got me because I was like, I do, I've, I felt this deadening mm-hmm. inside myself, mm-hmm. I think from, and it wasn't even really about the job because Lots of people worked in that industry and were perfectly happy. Sure. You know, it really suits them, but it was just about me and it not being yep. my authentic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. place in yeah. the world. But that's yeah. quite hard though, isn't it? Because you're getting well paid, you've got mm-hmm. a good lifestyle, mm-hmm. you've got loads of people around you. And then when you start to question whether this is right for me, you start to share some of that, then like you said, people might think, well, what's wrong with you? What's going yeah. on with you? Yeah. So how did you get, you know, how did you make that decision to actually break away? Yeah. Yeah. So that's not always the easiest route, is it? Sometimes the easiest route is to just stay and carry on. Totally, totally. And I think that we're, we're quite good as humans at adapting to Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. aren't we? We get comfortable, don't we? Totally. Absolutely. And there are so many incentives, you know, to Mm -hmm. stay on a certain track. There's a lot of fear to move, to move through. I think for me, I have probably always been very connected to my gut instincts Mm -hmm. and very connected to my intuition. I mean, I've really developed that. I would say over the last 10, 15 years, you know, now I make decisions from much more of a body-based, you know, intuitive sense as opposed to just trying to work everything out with my mind. But back then it was like day after day, my body was having a little bit more of a like, no, this is, I just, it became to be something that I couldn't do. Yeah. Um, in or in order in instead of just something you know oh maybe I could could mm-hmm. go and do that it's like no I have to go off and do yeah. X Y Z it became something that I couldn't couldn't not do yeah. sorry um, but I think the big push for me and you know which is actually it's a really beautiful moment I would say in my life um, because as I was saying you know I I think I want something different. You know, my friends were obviously saying, you know, no, stay. And my parents were, you know, being kind of protective. State, state. We like safety and stability. That's good. Um, but I remember having dinner one night, which was the real catalyst, I guess, for me. My my dad worked in London and I went to go meet him for dinner. And as soon as I sat down, I just burst into tears. And it hadn't. it wasn't the first conversation that we'd had around me wanting to change my life. But... As soon as I sat down, he was like, okay, things have got quite bad, haven't Mm -hmm. they? Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, 
what do you want what do you want to do in an ideal world what do you want to do and i said i just want to move to the other side of the world i want to move to australia and just teach yoga and he said well why don't you just do that like why don't you just do something radical like mm. just go off and do that and it was almost like a complete like light bulb moment of wow like I, I could go and do that. Like mm -hmm. someone's telling me that that's available. Yeah. Um, which I think is such a, it's a beautiful moment that I had of being given permission. It's almost yeah. like a kind of rite of passage yeah. moment, mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. in my life. Being, being given permission by, you know, one of the people I love most in the world. Um, because I wasn't able to give that to myself at the yeah. time. And, you know, I really believe now in giving ourselves permission. Of course, yeah. But it was really beautiful to be given that catalyst. And kind of from then on, I went and took all the steps. It's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Thank, that's amazing. And it, sometimes we do need that permission mm. from somebody else because maybe we're not there yet. Mm. Or, or maybe sometimes we just need a little bit of a nudge. Mm. And mm -hmm. hearing it from somebody else can be quite helpful mm. and like you said can be that catalyst because yeah. even though you might have been longing for it there is also something about actually can I give myself permission yeah to do this and I, I agree with you of course we need to give ourselves permission every human does but we don't always do that and that's mm -hmm. why sometimes it's quite nice especially to hear it from your dad yeah absolutely and you know I think I I think a lot about these rites of passage mm in our society that are perhaps, you know, missing. Obviously we celebrate birthdays and landmark birthdays and stuff, but, you know, I think in other cultures that rite of passage of kind of really stepping from child into adulthood, mm -hmm. you know, it's something that's really celebrated. And yeah, for me, it was a real, was a real moment. It was that moment, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. So tell me then more, obviously you did the yoga, you've been to Bali, you did Australia, you did Bali, come back and tell me then about EFT. So what kind of prompted your interest because obviously you said you've developed your intuition yeah all of those things over the last 10 15 years but tell me tell me what prompted that yeah EFT yeah. interest and what might be useful before going into that is actually to explain what it actually is yes so that our listeners uh, can understand more about it of course yeah absolutely I mean many people might have seen versions of EFT um bound around on YouTube or, yeah. or Instagram, often people call it that strange tapping thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. Yeah. And it's kind of like a two-headed beast in a way because EFT tapping, where you just tap literally on acupressure points of yeah. the body, can be used as a self-help tool. Mm -hmm. So when we learn learn the tapping the tapping points, very simple to do. It's something that we can do for ourselves anytime, yeah. anywhere, literally just to bring the body out of fight or flight. Mm. Because what it does is through applying very gentle pressure to acupressure points, and it's often called acupuncture without the needles. Yeah. We are communicating with the meridian channels in mm -hmm. the body, but also communicating with the brain, with the amygdala in the brain, which yep. is basically like the fire alarm system. Mm -hmm. Whenever we discover or, or detect, even subconsciously, a potential threat, the brain goes off and we, you know, get nervous or we yeah. get stressed or whatever. So when we feel that activation within ourselves, that's a time where we can do very simple tapping. Mm -hmm. And it works very, very effectively and very immediately in a lot mm -hmm. of cases. But then when you work with a practitioner in much more of a guided way, yeah. we're really trying to get to the root of why you feel activated or stressed 
by a certain thing. Because when we feel nervous or, you know, angry or we feel triggered by something, you know, you don't think about it. You don't go, you know, walk on stage, like, let's use public speaking because everyone usually has a fear of that. Um, but you don't walk on stage and actively decide to feel nervous. It's Correct. a very subconscious somatic thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So when you're working with a practitioner, you go back to discover the root causes, mm. kind of the memory bank of why you can you have that particular activation. Because, you know, we all have our unique brands of our not enough stories. You know, it's part part of the human condition of, you know, feeling not enough, but it really depends person to person. Mm. And EFT allows you to look at what's coming up for you in your responses, what's coming up in your body, and then be guided to, okay, well, give me an earlier time that you felt like that. Give me an earlier time, you know, similar to hypnosis. Give me an earlier time to really discover the root and then be able to resolve the trauma mm -hmm. of that incidence so that then you can start to create different belief systems. And I work with matrix re-imprinting, which is a form of um, transforming the belief systems that we have that we have going um, to really create a very deep transformation for the way that we feel within ourselves and within the world. Yeah, because it's interesting because I was reading actually, um, I think it was last week around the neuroplasticity mm -hmm. and how we can have one thought that, you know, can then turn very quickly into a belief. Yeah. Even if it's not true. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. fact that we have that thought and it gets activated yeah. through that neurosystem. Yeah. Um, and if we then repeat that thought maybe two or three times, then yeah. that before we know it, the more you the, the more you repeat it, the more then yeah. it becomes our belief. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not true. So I yeah. suppose what I'm hearing then is saying that for a lot of us, which I would agree, that there is that either self-worth or not good enough type kind of scenario going on deep within that through the tapping through EFT you can yeah. get to that root cause yeah and you can help understand and help people reprogram yes right okay. that's exactly yeah. correct and I really love you drawing attention to it not being real because yeah. you know our insecurities feel so real you know do. don't yeah. they they are they're they are real because that's how we feel within ourselves and how we see the yeah. world but actually this was totally revolutionary to me mm. that my not enough stories were not, you know, they were real to me, but they were also not real. Yeah. You know, they'd come from particular instances, but they were also not real. And I was like, wow, I can actually change the lens through which I mm. see the world. And it's literally like kind of like putting on a pair of sunglasses and then like taking them oh, off. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So I can be without this, which I think is- It's very liberating. It's very liberating. Yeah, very liberating and very, very empowering. Yeah as well because it's like oh okay I don't have to just be stuck like yeah. this you know I can transform that and you know it's such deep work because our beliefs form everything yep. you know our whole outer experience and especially around our health you know I think for me that was another you know interest and it's really taken me down a route of trauma you know I'm yep. st currently studying um, a psychotherapeutic approach to trauma with Dr. Yep. Gabor Mate and in his work, he, you know, cites trauma as really fundamental to all yeah. aspects of our physical, mental and emotional health and, you know, our health complaints. And, you know, for me, really going to the, the root yeah. um, is just really transformational. Yeah. So obviously you had your own health mm. challenges. So tell us a little bit more 
about that and what you did then yeah. to help you yeah. get you where you are. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So when I moved to Australia um, and I I had worked in London teaching yoga for a year, so I'd quit insurance. Um, I resigned to my, uh, to my managing director and he was like, wow, no one's ever, you know, resigned to go and teach yoga, but you know, good on you, go, 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 go and uh, yeah, good luck. And uh, I, was taught, I taught yoga for a year in London and then moved to Australia. And it's, I had just one year in Australia and it was very interesting because it was almost, you know, looking back on it, it was just one challenge after another. So and I was, I, was twen yeah. I was 27, so, you know, Saturn returns, you know, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. But it was one challenge. Nothing was working almost, you know, it was just kind of one thing after another. And there'd been a series of things. The last of which um, I was having some health issues. I had gained quite a considerable amount of weight. It gained about two stone in quite a short space of time. And I wasn't getting um, any periods. Mm -hmm. I, had a, I had other side effects as well. I went to go and see the doctor um, and I was diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, which was a big shock to me because I just thought, you know, period, no periods, yay, wonderful. Um, and, you know, didn't assume that there was anything yeah. wrong, probably thought, oh, just a bit of stress, It'd probably, you know, be okay. And they said, no, you've got a, you know, condition. It's, there's nothing we can do. There's no treatment for it. Uh, there's no cure, uh, increased risk of diabetes, Absolutely. infertility, mm -hmm. you know, various other things, which age 27 was, you know, quite a lot, hadn't thought about having a family by that point. But as soon as you're told something that you might not be able to do, that was quite a scary thing. And it, when I found out, and I had a conversation with a consultant about midday in Australia, so it was midnight back in oh. the UK, which was again, another one of these like rites of passage moments. And I came out of the hospital and I couldn't, there was no one that I could call. You know, I couldn't call. I thought, God, if I phone, phone my parents or friends in the middle of the night, they're gonna start yeah. panicking. So I kind of had a had a big cry. And then there was just again this kind of like an internal wisdom that was like, we've got this. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be okay. Yeah. I knew nothing about health at that point. You know, I was teaching yoga. Yeah. And I had done a bit of meditation. I'd I done a silent meditation retreat, week-long silent meditation retreat just just before I went to Australia and I had a meditate kind of was developing a meditation practice, but I didn't know anything about how how to have a good diet or yeah. anything like that. Um but I really had this intuitive sense mm. of no, I want to treat this naturally. I've been offered the contraceptive pill by yeah. the doctor because it just tends to shut everything down right, in yeah. the body. It doesn't, doesn't make it any worse. Um, but I felt that wasn't something that I wanted to do. I'd been on the pill for a decade mm. of my life. And at that point I was like, I don't want to put any more hormones in my body. Yeah. And I decided to treat myself holistically and naturally, which I don't know where that came from. <laughs> But you went with because, it. Yeah. But I went I went with it and I was I think it was a bit of kind of doing doing the maths in a way. You know, I did a bit of an inventory of the past decade of my life and was like, right, well, I have been partying a lot. I've basically spent the last ten years of my life drinking, smoking, mm -hmm. taking taking drugs, partying, yeah. not getting much sleep, working in a job that I didn't like, not being mm -hmm. that happy. And I wonder what would happen if I just did 
all of the opposite things yeah. because it was kind of like a, like a, ma a bit of a math equation in my head like a lot of bad factors equals bad outcome yeah. what, what would happen if i change all that around so i just did a bit of literally googling you know at the time social media didn't really exist in the yeah. same way as it does now there was no instagram accounts to follow sure. i was literally looking at you know scrolling on blogs what to do and you know i saw thinking oh maybe dairy gluten okay i'll i'll maybe just try and take those out mm -hmm. and i just went on this kind of crusade to get my period back and it was it was literally kind of like the holy grail it was all i had you know in my mind and it was like right if this is positively impacting my health i'll keep doing it yeah. if it's not I will stop doing that. Yeah. Um, so I really transformed my diet. Um, I went very strict um, for 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 about five months. Yeah. Really looked at my stress. Uh, really imp implemented a lot more yoga, meditation. Really looked also at my the way that I was speaking to myself. It's mm. very um, interesting that one, isn't it? Oh, huge! Because especially. With the, with the transformation in my outer appearance, having put on yeah. weight, you know, I was really looking at myself in the mirror and, you know, there's actually a lot of mirrors in our world. You know, it's not just actual mirrors, car, car, car mirrors, you know, yeah. windows are cars, windows are shops. Yeah. And every time I was walking past, it was another opportunity for me to beat myself up and say, you know, even just very subtly, subconsciously, you know, oh, you know, really hate how I look today or, you know, whatever. And just feeling really down yeah. about mm -hmm. myself. Mm -hmm. And I really, that was a really big thing for me. I was like, right, if I'm going to improve my health, I need to have my own back. Like I need to be my own best friend. Yeah. Because in Australia, I didn't know that many people, didn't really have a big friendship group. My, you know, family wasn't there. So I was like, this is on me. Like I've got to fix this for myself. So really healing my self-talk, which was exhausting in the beginning because- Because it is hard work, yeah. Oh, really yeah, hard work. Totally. It was. Because it's actually easier to just have one bad, you know, just to have the bad self-talk. And when I was healing that, it was like, I was thinking the bad thought. Then I had to have another thought to come in to be like, oh no, that's a bad thought. Yeah. What would be a better thought? And then insert the good thought. And it was almost like I was having to think far more yeah. in order to reverse it, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but after five months of really radically transforming my health, I got my period back. Um, yes, yay. Um, and they've been regular ever since. Amazing. I Then I was, I was able to lose the weight, all of my side effects went. I went to go and have re-scans because they, they take your hormones and your bloods and um, had uh, ovarian scans and various things. And about 18 months later, they were like, you've completely reversed your condition. You know, it's like it was never there. Um, which is pretty unbelievable. Which right? is pretty unbelievable. And even, you know, five months, of, oh, I think six six months in, I went back to the doctor in Australia and, you know, she said, you know, oh, how are you going with all your symptoms and blah, blah. I was like, oh, no, I'm good now. I'm good. And, you know, we it was, it was a pretty big moment. But then on the back of that, I understood the success that I'd had of yeah. doing what I was doing, but I didn't understand how I'd done it because yeah. I knew nothing really about the body, about health. So that inspired me to go and study yeah. holistic health and nutrition to just understand yeah. what I'd done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting because it just struck me as you was talking there around, I don't know about you, but for me, I feel that I have to have, have journeyed something or experienced something for them yeah. to be able to 
help others yeah. around it. I don't know how you feel yeah. the same. And so it just struck me there that actually that was quite similar to different experiences. Um, but that it feels like, I don't know, maybe I'm making an assumption here, but I'm just wondering, it feels like, you know, you have to have the experience, mm. then you go get the knowledge. Yeah. And then you can go help other people. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. And that's what inspired me to, you know, go on to yeah. coaching because it was such a, it was so revolutionary to me, mm. you know, improving my health, yeah. reversing a condition that no one else was able to give me any answers for. Um, you know, it was it was really what inspired me to want to go on to help mm -hmm. other women who aren't being given any answers yeah. to things, to really find that the answers within themselves, yeah. but really be able to take them down that path. And I think, you know, for me, that's why my my coaching continues to evolve as I evolve. You know, exactly yeah. what you said, you know, the more experiences that I have, the more that I am able to share that with other people yeah. from a embodied state yeah as opposed to oh i read something cool in a book Absolutely. and i'm going to teach you how to do that and it's in, it, that, that's one of the things that i was going to say as well is that i think you've got to experience it so yeah. it has to be that felt yes experience which obviously is around the, the embodying it really isn't it because yeah. i think well certainly for me that's the way that i learn the most mm. and even though it might be unpleasant and uncomfortable and challenging it actually helps me really deeply yeah. understand the lessons yes. that i need to learn so feels quite similar yeah. in many ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I, I really now use that approach to life in general, I think. You know, it's a big shift that now when a challenge comes in, as, as they do, yeah. um, or difficult situations or, you know, triggers, I really see them now as invitations yeah. or opportunities nice. for growth or really diving deeper and i think you know that it's a it's a really big switch when we can learn to do that because then even when the challenge i mean going from experiencing a challenge and then it flooring you yep and then being able to go into looking at challenges and it doesn't absolve us from experiencing you know pain or hardship or anything but when we're able to look at it and be like okay well what what am I learning here? What's yeah. this inviting me to look at within myself? You know, that's a really big, it's a really, it's a really big change within, within Absolutely. living life. <laughs> I do. And I think it does give you a different outlook mm. um, and a very different perspective. It's like you said, you've got the shades on and then you take the sunglasses off and, yeah. and it does make you see things in a different way. But what I'm also hearing though, is that there was a deep sense of listening mm. to that deeper part of yourself. Yeah. Because if you wouldn't have trusted yourself, then you might have gone through the traditional Western approach to medicine and yeah. been on the pill for however many years and just yeah. left your condition as it was. Mm. But you said that you knew mm. Mm. that you needed to do it differently. Yeah, and I, it's, it's, I think about this moment a lot of just that internal knowing mm. on some kind of level. And really, when we listen to that, we'd never go wrong. Absolutely. You know, when I, I only go wrong when I ignore my own internal compass, you know. <laughs> it's actually never incorrect, you know, it's never incorrect because I think there's so much information that we have access to, or there is so much information we have access to outside of just the conscious mind. You know, the conscious mind is about 5% of our brain capacity Absolutely. anyway. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take into account 
everything else that's going on. Whereas, you know, humans have been around for millennia and millennia on our gut instincts and our intuition. You know, our gut is, it's, it's kind of taking in information from all over the place. And so I think when we can learn to listen to that and learn to listen to our bodies and, you know, our, especially with our health, you know, our body is always communicating with always. us, mm -hmm. always. And, you know, that was a big change for me, just, just coming to that realization because, you know, when we have symptoms about things or difficulties, it's very easy to be like, you know, oh, my body's working against me. And that was what I thought when I was going through all my difficulties with my, my hormones and the side effects. I was very much in the, oh, my body's working against me. But actually going through that process and understanding that actually my body was trying to tell, you to tell me something and trying to rectify itself because our body's always trying to come into balance. Yes. You know, sometimes in unwanted ways, let's say for us, but it's always trying to communicate with us. And I think when we can listen for yeah. what it is trying to say and what it needs, then exactly. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a very different space that we enter into. Absolutely. So from your experiences and, and just thinking about the people that are watching and listening to this, what nuggets do you have? I mean, you've mm. had lots of experience, but out of all of that, what would be your advice if somebody is not sure, sitting on the fence, they're either maybe wanting to take a different career choice or wanting to make some lifestyle choices. Yeah. That is going to be different than what they're familiar to. What advice would you give them? Oh, so much. Okay, let's do one thing at a time. <laughs> I was actually having this conversation with my partner yesterday, you know, we just sat on the sofa having coffee and you know, we were talking about the nature of relationships and you know i've been in relationships before romantic relationships i mean partnerships mm -hmm. where perhaps if i'd stayed in that and this applies to jobs as well yeah. you know careers or particular you know life circumstances but it's very easy and we've, we we touched on this how we can become complacent and yeah. just stay in something and what we were talking about yesterday in our conversation is really what you would be leaving on the table if you don't make that leap yeah because if you stay in the relationship or you stay in the career or the whatever circumstance mm -hmm. you're in, mm -hmm. imagine what you're potentially not allowing yourself to have, yeah. what you're not allowing yourself to receive. And I think being in, this, being in the place that I'm in now in my life, and I've done a lot of reflection, you know, this year of kind of the journey that I've been on over the last decade since you know, started to take these leaps yeah. when I was 25, you know, I'm now mid-30s mid and really looking back to be like, wow, if I hadn't have made that leap, mm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. You know, being in a career that I find really fulfilling, having a really beautiful partnership, living in Brighton, which, you know, I've spent, I always wanted to live by the sea, you know, all of these things that if I just decided to play it safe yeah. and do the the done thing, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have allowed that into my life. Yeah. So I think just thinking, what are you potentially leaving on the table? Mm. You know, cause it's- I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. What are we leaving on the table? And, you know, it's the cliche. It's like, you know, you only, you only get the one life. I mean, we're, that's well, in the this bigger, body. bigger in yes. this body. I was like, well, you know, <laughs> we only get the one in this in this body. But I mean, it's a different conversation. Um, but 
you know, with, yeah, with, with, with that in mind, it's like, well, how do we want to spend it? Yeah. How do we want to wake up every day feeling? And I, you know, I, when I was living in Bali, actually, you know, that was another big step, actually, you just, just choose, choosing to come back to the UK when yeah. I was living in Bali and really living a wonderful life, like, you know, as it, as you would imagine living in Bali to yeah. be, you know, I can, I can co imagine coconuts yes. on the beach at sunset, <laughs> surfing, surfing in work breaks, you know, all the stuff yeah. But I was writing down my ideal day and I looked at it and I was like, oh, wow, on my ideal day, I'm not actually in Bali. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm hosting workshops and teaching yoga and, you know, being able to see, you know, friends and family. And I was like, oh, that's my invitation to move back to the UK then. Yep. And I think mm -hmm. just not being afraid to do the things that feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, in order to bring in what we really want, yeah. what we really desire and deserve. Yeah. yeah. So that's my first, my first thing. And then what also came to mind was really committing to getting to the root yeah. of things. Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like it's very easy, as, you know, and even in self, you know, the, the world of self-development, you know, it's very easy to kind of try and take great practices in order to just be able to take the edge off let's say. Um, but my, I suppose my invitation there, it's like, well, just going a bit, going a bit deeper, yeah. really getting to the root of why you feel like there's something missing, getting to the root, yeah. right into the root of why you feel stressed. Because I think we can get to more of a surface-based approach, yeah. which yeah. is you can find some answers most probably quite quickly. Well, it's because of this or it's because of that. Yeah. But I think, like you said, especially with the EFT work as well, is yeah. that going back to that root cause is mm. definitely the most important yeah. part of that process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel, you know, that's where the real liberation lies. Yeah. Because as soon as we can bring things really back to the root cause, it's like, well, then we can dismantle an entire belief system, yeah. you know, or yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than just kind of chipping away mm. at the edges and trying to just kind of carry on as we are, you know, actually being brave enough and courageous enough to do the heavy lifting. And yeah. I mean, it's not always pretty. No, you know, it's very it's murky and yeah. challenging mm -hmm. and hard sometimes. And, you know, and people have been through a lot, people have been through a lot, you know, a lot of painful, difficult things. But, you know, the invitation of really getting to the root and yeah. that's, you know, whether it's to do with your physical health, whether yeah. it's to do with your mental health, your emotional health, really going deep, deep diving yeah. into the root. So don't be afraid of doing that. Yeah, don't don't be afraid of doing that. And you know, I a lot of people are afraid of doing of doing the deep the deep work. But the thing is, is that this stuff's affecting you whether you like it or Absolutely. not. Absolutely. And a lot of people, you know, say to me within EFT and you know working with the subconscious, you know, oh, don't really want to go into that because I. I don't really know what I'll find or, you know, I think that it'll be better if I just kind of put that, I'll just, I'll just yeah. leave it where it is. I don't yeah. want to go back into the past. I'll just carry on. But the thing is, is that it's affecting you on a daily basis anyway, subconsciously. So, yeah. so why not? You can, yeah, yeah, either you can step into a place of ownership with that um, and open up Pandora's box. Otherwise, Pandora's box is kind of just the, the it's running your life. It is. <laughs> but I think doing an opening Pandora's box is good when you've got somebody to support you with it. One hundred like professional who knows all the tools and techniques. And One hundred. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, that's why with, you know, with EFT, 
it's great as a self-help tool just to yeah. calm you down in but then when you're working with a practitioner it is in a safe guided yeah. environment and creating that safety and when we say opening pandora's box it's like it's not all in one go no it's, you know it's 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 yeah. one little bit at a time and creating that safety within yourself because what we're doing as well is like developing our own capacity to hold our own pain because when we are when when we've shut big parts of ourselves down on a kind of subtle level we don't feel able to hold yeah. all of our own pain but Makes then sense. actually as we can start to just do it like little bit by little bit then we then we maximize our capacity to hold ourselves with yeah. this stuff you know with these difficult things that come up and i suppose that's quite similar to building that kind of muscle memory isn't it again yeah um yeah. doing it gradually that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's and, really interesting. And what, what just kind of came up for me there when you when you responded to that was building this self-trust yeah. too. And I know this yeah. came up earlier. And self-trust is a it's a topic that I love because we build trust within ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, very subtly, and we erode trust very subtly as well. So, you know, all the times yeah. where we say, you know, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the gym three times this week, and we just go once or we just lay on the sofa yeah. and we go, oh, I'll start again on Monday. You know, I, that's a very go-to example, but through doing those bit by bit, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. And I mean, God, I could write an essay, a book on all the things that I've said, you know, oh, I will do, but then I don't yeah. do. And over time that erodes our sense of self-trust. Absolutely. So, you know, whenever I work with people, one of the big things is actually really learning to trust ourselves. And even though that feels big, it's actually done kind of little step by little step, like making little commitments to ourselves. Oh, I am going to set some intentions at the beginning of my week and I'm actually going to do them. They're going to be realistic and I'm just going to be able to fulfill them yep. so that I can begin to trust myself. Because mm -hmm. I think when we can trust ourselves on the small things over time, they enable us to trust ourselves on the big Absolutely. things. So when we then are in a space of, you know, going back to this, trusting your intuition mm -hmm. about how I want to work with my body or trusting my intuition on leaving a job that everyone's telling me to stay mm -hmm. in or exiting a relationship or whatever. When we have those intuitive nudges or mm -hmm. yes or no feelings in the body, we can more readily follow those because we trust ourselves yeah yeah i would agree with all that thank you that's amazing some really great tips there mm. um and absolutely would concur with all of what you <laughs> said so where can our listeners get hold of you if they want to learn more about what you do and yeah. connect with you yeah absolutely thank you my website is higher-love.com um, my instagram is higher love underscore with megan um, i'm very easily contacted via both of those platforms so Amazing. yeah i do offerings group offerings um, workshops retreats one-to-one -one coaching work and one-to-one -one eft work Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great to have you here. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Amazing.